Okay, Matthew 6, I'm going to read verses 19 to 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and dust, moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is God's word. Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Sam. I'm uh, part of the family here, and it's a privilege to bring God's word to you, uh, preach for you today. I am uh, I'm married. Um, I've been married for uh, five years, and six years ago, I was travelling to America uh, for Clay and Meryl's wedding, which I was excited about, uh, but there's something I was far more excited about, which was I was going to propose to my girlfriend at the time, who is my wife now, so it went pretty well. Um, but I had to take with me my engagement ring, or her engagement ring. Um, we'd picked it out. It was very precious to me. You know, if you've, if you've travelled with a passport, you know some of the, the nerves of, like, if I lose this, it's bad news. Well, it's a whole new level for me with this ring. You know, I got it in my pocket. I felt like I had to have a hand on it at all times. I put it in my bag. It'd go through the X-ray machine, and I'd get the bag out and have a look just in case it's, like, vanished. The X-ray machine's... I don't know, disappeared my ring or something. Just these things that go through your mind. You know, I'm, I'm treasuring that ring. And maybe in a real sense, it is a kind of a treasure. Uh, my priority was get that ring to America, uh, as if you know, Sarah wouldn't have said yes without it or something. Um, well, I wonder what you are treasuring at the moment. It, it could be something physical. Uh, it could be like a, a possession, something material, maybe money. Or it could be something else, um, something more like reputation or good relationships, approval of others, control. It could be that you're treasuring God, God's word, the things of God. Well, in this kind of brief sermon series, we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about living as people under Christ's reign, uh, which is a, a good place to be and where we're meant to be. And last week and today, we're talking about kingdom priorities. So really, what, what should we look at? What should we focus on as uh, children of God and as people in his kingdom? And today, uh, Jesus is talking about treasure. It's talking about what we prioritise, but he calls it treasure. What, you know, where do we store up our treasure? It's, it's an important thing. It's a vital thing. It's something that ha- has wide-ranging uh, effect on, on our life and even on our eternity. So today we'll, we'll look through at the, these three points, um, kind of what's so important about treasure. We'll look at why it matters and why Jesus pays so much attention to it. And then we'll look at these two options Jesus gives us um, for where to store up our treasure. And then at the end we'll go to some applications based on all of that. Let's pray and ask God for, uh, for help and we'll uh, dig in. <clears throat> Our Lord, we, we humble ourselves before you. God, I humble myself before you. I'm reminded this morning that I'm nothing without you. Um, God, nothing on my own. So I pray for your help God, as I preach this word. I, God, I pray for... Our help for all of us as we as we hear it, as we dig into this passage, God, will you encourage us as needed and challenge us as needed? God, we pray that it would do much more than inform uh, our minds, but that it would actually transform us and affect our lives at a tangible, a real level. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. 
So first up, Jesus' assumption is, is really that we're all storing up some kind of treasure. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about treasure, but for me, uh, one of the images was that, that cave that Aladdin goes down into with all the, the diamonds and the gold and the jewels, and I think the monkey maybe can't help but touch one of the jewels or something. Um, well, I think we are, we are meant to think about precious things, uh, but specifically what's precious to, to each of us, you know, what, what we are valuing. So, for example, I, I find myself often wanting a, a controlled life, I want nothing unexpected, and that's something that I'm, in a real sense, I'm treasuring it, I'm valuing it, clinging tightly to it, kind of like I was uh, to that ring in some ways. You know, kids, maybe you want to be really popular, maybe you want some particular cool thing. Parents, perhaps that's true of you as well. Um, we, we all value things, we all treasure things and aim after things. But is it, is it really so important? Does it matter that much? Well, Jesus certainly seems to think so, and the language he uses here is, is heavy, it's weighty. And to understand why that is, I want you to think about one domino. You might have played the game of dominoes, but if I'm, if, if I'm guessing correctly, I think probably not many of you know how to play dominoes at all. You just know what they do is they, you stand one up and you knock the rest down with it. If you think about one domino by itself, it's not overly useful or uh, powerful or anything. You stand it up, knock it down, it's not much fun. But if you take a domino and you place it in the right spot, you know, amongst other dominoes, well, it can actually be really uh, significant. Now, you may be wondering, where are the dominoes that we're going to knock down? We've got a video for that because I didn't have the time, um, effort or patience to do this kind of thing. Uh, but we do have a video to demonstrate this idea for us. Bear with uh, Candice. I told her to jump to a specific spot, which is a bit of a challenging thing. I think that's, I think maybe it's like 20,000 dominoes or 30,000 dominoes. You might find that satisfying or maybe devastating. Um, the, the video actually, earlier on, it, I think a couple times, he actually, as he's placing things on, he knocks it down himself. Um, so it's an incredible story of perseverance actually coming up to that, uh, that moment. But we do see there that a very small thing has a massive impact. Right? Now, now, kids, if you're, if you're drawing things, if you've got a piece of paper there, it'd be worth, if you've got the eight boxes, that's great. If not, it's fine. It'd be worth drawing one domino that doesn't seem that important or powerful. One domino, you can call it treasure. You can write on it treasure or above it treasure. See, a, a small thing can have a massive effect. The, the reason for this, going back to what Jesus is saying, is in verse 21. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There is this inseparable link between what we treasure and our heart. And, and specifically what we treasure, actually, it directs our heart because what we treasure actually is, um, occupies our heart. So kids, next to that first domino, I think maybe I told you I'd... Well, I'll help you out with the first three things. The first two are the same, so it's pretty easy for me. The second domino that you'll draw, just write heart above that. So the first domino knocks down the second one. Our treasure knocks down our heart. It affects... Our heart. Now, when, when we talk about heart here, biblically, it's, uh, it's a deep and encompassing idea. It, it's the core of our being. It's the intersection of our, our emotions and our mind and our will. So everything we feel and think and choose, it's all coming from our heart. That's what we find in Proverbs 4.23, which tells us, 
above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So our heart controls our whole life, and what we treasure controls our heart. So that first domino, which is our treasure, knocks down the second domino, which is our heart, and that second domino knocks down all the rest. It has these wide-ranging implications for us. So if you're still drawing, parents, maybe you're drawing as well, you can draw a bunch of other dominoes um, that is like our whole life. It's everything else. You're starting to see why Jesus is talking about treasure. It's because our treasure affects our whole life. It's because Jesus cares about our whole being and our whole lives. So with that under our belt, with that kind of understanding there, let's, let's now move and, and look at what Jesus says, these two treasure options. I feel like maybe I'm a bit echoey. Is that correct? Am I still unbearable? That's great. Getting some shrugs and some nods and shakes of the head. I take it it's all right. So Jesus begins with, and he gives us the first option. He says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And so his point here is quite clear. Worldly, earthly treasures do not last. So your physical possessions, they'll rust, they'll decay. I'm sure you've experienced some of that. Cars over time just tend to run down and, and kind of give up um, their uh, kind of energy and life. And, you know, money might seem pretty, um, pretty uh, stable, but you can, you can lose it. It can ebb and flow. It can be stolen. Uh, even our reputations are actually pretty fickle in this lifetime, pretty um, changeable. And then after we die, for most of us, you know, within two, three four generations will be more or less forgotten. I'm not looking to be all doom and gloom uh, there. I apologise if it is. I'm, I'm just looking to highlight the fleeting nature of these things. That's what Jesus is doing for us. He's saying that the world is not a good place to store up treasures because things there will not last. But we can actually go deeper than that and we need to go deeper than that. R- remember that our treasure controls our heart and, and our heart controls our whole Life. So the real problem right, with storing up treasures on earth is that then our heart will be after the things of earth. Our lives will become earthly. So the problem then is not just that our, our treasure will perish, but actually that we will perish, that people will perish and lives will perish. James writes this, he says, So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. The Bible's testimony is that there's... There's nothing good comes from storing up treasures on earth. I think we've experienced this. I'm confident, in fact, that every person has experienced this, that, that the treasures of the earth are actually fundamentally uh, lacking. You know, for me, when I finished school and, and came to university and college, it was like this great place and I had high hopes for it. I thought it would bring me the happiness and fulfilment and satisfaction that I was looking for. Perhaps some of you have experienced that same thing about uh, university or something else. But for me, it just did not live up to the hype. It just did not live up to my expectations. And so I thought, perhaps uh, sporting success, kind of, you know, what little sporting success I had, um, perhaps that would give me the happiness and satisfaction. And it didn't. Perhaps relationships, and they didn't. And then, you know, ironically and tragically, I started to think, well, perhaps leaving <laughs> college will fix this and will bring me those things. And obviously that didn't because I had already done that before. Now, the reason for all of that is that I was never meant to be satisfied or fulfilled by worldly things and by worldly treasures. Jeremiah Burroughs um, puts this wonderfully. He says, The reason why you have not got contentment in the things of the world 
is not because you have not got enough of them, but because they are not things proportionable to that immortal soul of yours that is capable of God himself. So it's not that we haven't got enough worldly things, it's that they're the wrong kind of things. Our souls are are capable and meant for God himself and meant for eternity. And we're trying to appease them, trying to fulfill them with these material things. In Jeremiah 2.13, this is the book of Jeremiah, not Jeremiah Burroughs in the Bible. Jeremiah 2.13, God says, For my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've hewed out cisterns for themselves. Cisterns are like buckets or um, like containers in the desert. Cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So if you consider that image, we've got this fountain of living water that we're, we're drinking from, or we're made to drink from, and we turn away from that, and that's God, and we, we turn away from it, we become thirsty, and we turn to these broken, sand-filled buckets and try to you know, appease our, our thirst um, with, with them. You know, we're, we're scratching at the bottom, trying to suck the moisture out of the sand. We're made for this fountain of living water. Jesus says, don't store up treasures on earth. Don't desire them. They will not satisfy you. To, to pursue them, the treasures of earth, and, and to continue, is to continue to ignore God. And, and eventually, inevitably, it is to perish along with our earthly treasure. Now, there is a second option, a far better option. Jesus goes on. He says, he says don't do this, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now, one author has said that these treasures in heaven should be defined really broadly. You know, basically, anything that we can take with us uh, beyond the grave. You know, character, holiness, souls one for Christ, kingdom growth. This would, these would all be treasures of heaven. And, and as, we, as we store up treasures in heaven, strive to store up treasures in heaven, we orientate our, our resources, our time, energy, money, everything around this goal. And remember, as, as we treasure that, so is our heart dragged that way, so is our heart inclined toward God and the things of heaven, and so does our life become orientated around heaven as well. This is what Pete preached on last week, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's not that we shouldn't seek, it's not that we shouldn't store up treasures, it's that we should do it in the right place. It's that we should do it in the place that we were made uh, to do it. Yeah, there's a, a parable Jesus tells later on in his uh, ministry of a man who, who finds a treasure in a field. And, and upon seeing, seeing it, he goes out and he joyfully um, sells everything he has so he can buy that field and, and attain that treasure. And in the parable, that treasure is representing the kingdom of God. It's representing living under Christ's reign and, and rule. That is what we're meant for, designed for. And so that's what we long for in the deepest part of our being. And when we realize it, that we're meant for it, well, we would, just like that man, joyfully give up everything else and orientate our whole lives around God and around this kingdom. We should certainly store up treasure in heaven. But there is a problem. Our sin, 
which is our, our turning from the fountain of living water, turning from God and going about things our own way, tragically you know, trying to get the moisture out of these systems. That, that's our sin, rebellion against God. Because of that, the task is far harder than it may at first seem. In fact, it's actually impossible uh, for us on our own. If, if we look at the, the verses in the middle of this passage, we have Jesus talking about the, the bad eye and the body. And this is a similar analogy. He's talking about the bad eye, which is kind of like the heart fixed on worldly treasures. And, and our eye kind of orientates our, our whole person, like the whole body. And because the eye is bad, not letting in light, well, the body lives in darkness. We wander around. It's as if we've got our eyes closed. It's not, as if, it's not exactly as if we've got our eyes shut because our eyes are open and there's no light coming in. See, we've been polluted and actually changed by our rebellion against God right? so that we can't see him. So our bad eye is letting in no light. Our heart is only after these worldly uh, treasures. So it means we've got this kind of asymmetry here. Like when it comes to amassing worldly treasures, well, we can actually do that to some extent on our own. We can, you know, through our effort, we can amass these worldly treasures. Uh, but we can't do that with the kingdom of God. We can't by our own power. We don't have the ability to prioritize the kingdom of God. So we need a different approach. Specifically, uh, we need to be rescued from our predicament. We need to be saved. Uh, we need to have our hearts actually changed uh, to be cleansed from this kind of pollution. Now that, that may all seem quite harsh. You know, are we really deserving of this accusation? Are we, should we really be called rebels? Uh, rebellion against God, is that the thing that we've done? Well, the Bible's unflinching answer is yes, absolutely. Jesus says that no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. So if you aren't standing with Jesus, counted as his friend, then you are standing against him and counted as his enemy. But there is good news. There is a rescue. Jesus is the rescuer and he is our saviour. Right? And at the cost of his own life, he actually invites us to trust him and to be saved from our wretched condition. Now, on the one hand, it's pretty easy. Because we come empty-handed, and through faith in Jesus, he grants us eternal life. On the other hand, it's actually really hard, because it means we have to come and admit that we can't do it ourselves. We have to lay aside all of our pride and our self-sufficiency. We have to say, Lord, I need you. you know, that verse Pete read at the start, we have to say, Lord, save me. We have to admit that we are unable to do it on our own. So if you haven't trusted in Jesus today, if, you're, if your heart and, and your eyes are fixed on worldly treasure, let me implore you today to trust Jesus, to turn away from that, to accept the salvation that he freely offers. The Bible's promise, Jesus' promise, is that if you come to him, that you will not perish, you will receive everlasting joy. But thankfully, for most of us here, we, we are experiencing that joy. We have admitted that we can't do it ourselves. We've trusted in Jesus. We've received God's grace in him. And, and for us, we, we have to be reminded, and I have to remind myself, that we haven't graduated from the need for God's grace. It's not as if God saves us and then kind of stands back and watches us do our thing. 
Now, God remains the, the decisive element in our, in our transformation, in our living the entire Christian life. And that also doesn't mean that we stand back and kind of watch God do things uh, with our life. No, we actually play a part in this. Our heart plays a part in it, and, and so what we treasure plays a part. Now, there's, there's much more um, to be said about that, about the interplay between our role and, and God's role. But for now, we're going we're gonna to stop it there, and we're going to hold these two things, as we often do in our faith, we hold two things uh, together. John Piper, I think, puts this as well as I've ever heard. He says that God's gift is decisive. And so God is the decisive element. So we hold that, but also our effort is essential. And so we hold these two things together. And remembering that God is the decisive element in our living the Christian life and that our effort is essential in living the Christian life, well, let's, let's move to two points of, of application. One of them, the first one is broad and kind of pretty encompassing, and the, the second one is, is narrow. Uh, so the first one, broadly, we, we should look at, at what we're treasuring. You may have seen this question coming, but the question is, are you treasuring the things of heaven or the things of earth? It's actually a really important question. It's as important a question as there is. And if we want to see where our treasure is, then we can actually look at our life. Remember, where our treasure is, there our heart is. And remember that our, our heart affects our whole life. And so if we reverse that, then if we look at our life, we can see our heart. And if we see our heart, we can see our treasure. If we look at our life, we can see our treasure. So let me, look, let me ask uh, two life questions for you to, in a sense, step back and look at your life, for us all to do this, and to, um, to see if there's uh, clues about where we are storing up treasure. The first question is, how are you spending your time? You know, the, the classic question here actually is, if I followed you for a week, you know, what would I say that you cared the most about? And a key factor there is, is what are you making time for? What do, you, what do you set aside time to do? If you followed me around for a week, you'd see that I, I go to the gym a few times. You'd probably say that I cared a bit about that. Now, if you were seeing me go to the gym for three hours a day every day, well, you might ask, is that an appropriate amount to, to treasure that? And, and you're asking heart questions based on what you're seeing in my life. Uh, kids, uh, maybe to help this become relevant to you, you can think about your parents and you can actually think about what you see them doing uh, with their time. Uh, parents, it could be really humbling and challenging to ask your kids about this at some point. But kids, what do you see your parents doing and does that show you what they care about? Well, the same is true for your life, for all of our lives. Uh, it can be true that, our, that what we spend our time on illustrates our, our heart, or demonstrates our heart. The second question is, what stirs your emotions? So what makes you most happy, sad? What makes you most uh, frustrated? Uh, again, by these things, we can gain an insight into our, our heart, and we can gain an insight into where we are storing up uh, treasure. You know, for me, it's a warning sign if I'm feeling anxious about what people think of me. Well, that's, that's clear evidence that I'm treasuring approval. I'm treasuring people's opinion of me. And so I need to pay attention to that. So these kind of questions, they, they, they tell us where to look. They highlight some areas for us. And then we have to look at them. See, on its own, there's not necessarily um, 
you know, something bad or not necessarily, you know, what we spend time on doesn't necessarily indicate that we're treasuring it unhelpfully. But it might. So we have to ask the question. We have to pray for, for God's insight into that and have honest conversations with ourselves and maybe with the people around us about whether we might be storing up treasures on earth in those areas. And, and having seen that and having diagnosed kind of something of our heart, what will we then move to ask, you know, how can I store up uh, treasures in heaven? How can I strive to do that? Now remember that God's gift is decisive and he's the decisive element. And so on the one hand, that, that requires the Spirit's work and it requires prayer. And on the other hand, as well as that, it requires our effort. So if we take the example of, um, of reading God's Word and striving kind of to treasure God's Word, which perhaps, you know, as we come to the new year, uh, many of us have resolved or maybe just are hoping to um, treasure God's Word in a new way. Well, as we strive to do that, and as, as we pray that God would give us a desire for His Word, well, let us also make every effort to carve out time for it. It's actually already our hearts at work in doing that, and it's starting a cycle that we are praying would give us a great love for God's Word and great affection for Him. That's just one example. It might be a helpful example for you. But what might it look like this year for you to strive prayerfully to store up treasures in heaven, to strive to prioritise God and His kingdom? The second application point is, is specific, and, and it's, it's money, it's finances. See, a third life question that's really helpful uh, for understanding our, our heart is, how are you using your money? See, money has, has you know, great heart, life-directing and, and kind of heart-informing power. That's why Jesus talks so much about it. It's, it's why at the end he explicitly says here that, that we cannot serve both God and money. Just like our time, just like our emotions, our money can give us insight, or how we use our money can give us insight into our heart, can give us insight into what we are treasuring. And it's actually, even though it may not be very physical for a lot of us, we just swipe our little magical card and the thing comes to us and the money goes somehow, it's actually very tangible and trackable. You, know, you can just go onto your bank account, your bank statement, you can see what you're spending your money on. You can look, I'm spending this much on, on clothes, this much on books, entertainment, I'm giving this much away, we can actually see it right there. Now that could be a helpful uh, practice for you, a helpful thing to do even this week, is to just look through your bank statement. Some apps will even give you a summary uh, for you, what you're spending your money on. And to ask the question, does that show me something about my heart? Does it show me something about where I'm storing up my treasure? And then to follow that with is there a way I could be better using my money to better direct my heart after the things of God? See, remember, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so as we put our money in a certain place, we, we place it here, well, we can actually expect prayerfully that our, our hearts will tend uh, to follow that. Now, there isn't really a, a neat formula um, that will kind of help you know exactly how much money to give to God's kingdom, you know, to give to the church, missions, other needs. But there are some pretty helpful principles. If you're looking for a, a place to start, I could, I'd recommend um, Randy Alcorn's approach that he spells out in his book, The Treasure Principle. Uh, he recommends that we start by giving away 10%. That's the starting point. 10% is a, a percentage found in the Old Testament. 
So we start there at 10%, and from there we seek to give generously on top of it. That could be a helpful starting place uh, for us. That could be a helpful book, in fact, to, uh, to look at if you're looking to think through these things more carefully. It's short. It's um, like that short. You could probably read it in a day. I've got three of them here. I'd love to not take them home with me. Um, so that could be a helpful one to pick up and have a flick through and think about. Let me offer one more thought, um, one more insight. It's from Randy Alcorn. It's uh, possibly to encourage us, possibly to challenge us. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 10 and 11, we read, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So you will be enriched to be generous, which will produce thanksgiving to God. Randy Alcorn, speaking about this verse, he says that our view should be this. God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. Not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. Catchy? Yep. Challenging? For me it is. I know personally there are times when I tend to kind of set my giving and I just, I've left it uh, for too long. And so my situation changes. You know, perhaps God blesses me with an increase in income or some gifts from somewhere. My money increases and my giving is slow to catch up. I am slow to catch my giving up. And so that money actually just serves to contribute to my comfort, my earthly comfort, rather than allowing me to further store up treasures in heaven and further direct and shape my heart after the things of God. What a waste that is. See, to have money to give away is a wonderful, heart-directing, kingdom-growing gift. So let me encourage you this week, look at your finances. They matter. Ask what they show you about your heart. And think through, are there some better ways that you could be using your money to to direct your heart after God's kingdom and to prioritise him? Where our treasure is, there our hearts will be also. Remember that the treasure, where we store up treasure is the domino that knocks down all the rest. And so let us consider, pay attention to what we treasure and strive to store up treasures in heaven. Right? Praying that God would decisively use our effort to direct our hearts more toward him, to prioritise more his kingdom. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we, we pray just that, Lord, that you would Lord, orientate our hearts and our lives more after you and more after your, your glorious kingdom. Would we not be people who fix our eyes and, and our hearts uh, on the treasures of the world that, that fade away, but would we instead be people who uh, long after you, God, and who uh, yeah, live in a way that honours you and is, uh, yeah, follows after the, the truth that we are, uh, we are yours. Would you challenge us, uh, transform us? I pray that the challenge wouldn't just be now in this moment, but would continue into the week, and God, that these applications would actually bear fruit uh, in our lives. We trust you for this, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.